right. Who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be in God's house? Yeah. I'm so thankful that you're here. And, uh, and a big shout out to everybody who's online as well. We're grateful for you wherever you're watching from. Thank you for being part of our church family every single week. We're just honored that you're part of our, our church. Come on, can we give it up for everybody who's online too? Glad you're with us today. Thankful that you're part of our church. And, and uh, I, I want to mention one more thing, and that is, uh, I, I didn't mention this earlier with the connection card, but if you are filling that out today, at, you might wonder, well, what am I supposed to do with it? At the end of the service, we're going to worship the Lord with our giving. There's no pressure for you to give, but if, if, there's a, uh, if, if you want to put that connection card in the offering, that would be a great way for us to know that you're here, be able to pray for you in the weeks ahead, all right? So that's what you can do with that. But I want to tell you a little bit about our uh, guest speaker today. His name's Pastor Andy Heiss, and he is a friend of mine, been a friend of mine for about 13 years. He and his family planted Desperation Church in Coleman, Alabama, that's where we met. I was actually serving on staff at another church in the same city, and we became friends through ministry, but also friends because our boys played baseball together. And uh, as we began to launch City Hope Church uh, five years ago, six years ago, um, we knew we wanted Pastor Andy to be one of our overseers. So he speaks into my life, and he comes to visit once a year. And he's been the last few times on a first Wednesday, but we get him today on Sunday, all right? So uh, we're going to learn something, but we're also going to have some fun today, all right? So would you do me a favor? Would you stand up on your feet real quick? Let's put our hands together. Let's welcome Pastor Andy Heiss. Thank you, brother. How y'all sit down? It's so weird. Like, don't do that. We got one more service. Don't do that. Y'all good? Everybody good? Like, I am redneck. I'm sorry. Y'all might need a translator. I'm from Coleman, Alabama, baby. People at our church wear overalls, and y'all are so much better looking than our people. Dear God, y'all got teeth. Hey, listen, so I, I, like, I felt like the last service was awesome. Like I was like, God, I used all my material up there. I've got to, I don't know if I can remember it all. Anyway, um, so, so, hey, is your pastor's not awesome, Pastor Ben and Miss Annalise, and I absolutely love them. I, they are fantastic. Look, y'all's church, look, I'm not just saying this. I go to a lot of different churches, well, a few churches, and, and preach, and um, y'all's, it is so excellent when you walk in the door. It is complete, the atmosphere is unbelievable, and I'll be honest with you, I don't ever say that. I've already, honest truth, I've already taken pictures I'm about to fall off the stage. I, 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 look, I, I've already taken pictures uh, all over the place, and I'm, I'm going to go back to our staff, and I'm going to tell them, like, hey, they are doing things excellent, and I want us to start plugging this kind of stuff in. You know y'all's little box y'all do at the very end? Y'all know what y'all know? We stole that from y'all. <laughs> Thank you. We do it better, though. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. We don't. Uh, but the big pictures. Are y'all mad? Okay. Um, it's on his phone again. Why are you on your phone, dude? It's not supposed to be on your phone in church. Listen, so, <laughs> guess preach, you hurt my feelings. Um, so, so the, 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 I forgot what I was saying. Let's move on. All right. I love you pastors. They're awesome. All right. Y'all got, y'all got so much potential in Wichita Falls. There's no other place. Look, they're, come on. You like that, didn't you? Come on up here in the crow's nest. There's no other church like this, and, we, and I ain't trying to kill other churches. There's different flavors. I think it's good to have different flavors because people, different people want different things, okay? And so y'all are, are killing it. And it's not just what they're doing. It's what you're doing. I mean, you are the ones that's making it happen, all right? Y'all got fantastic leaders. There's leaders all in this room, and I'm just fired up to be here, all right? 
Uh, they call me the zipper pastor because last time I came, I zipped. This is when I get nervous. I, I'm sorry. I got a zipper. And so if I start doing that and get your ADD going, just know I'm an ADD too. All right? So, hey, listen. So, so, um, so, so, such a blessing to be here today because I get to talk about money. If you're a guest in the house, <laughs> you came on the wrong Sunday. All right? Bless God, all them churches talk about money. All right? And so, uh, it's, uh, let me say it better. This is what we say to make it feel better. We do, we're doing a generosity message. All right? And so we're going to talk about generosity today. And so um, uh, I hope that, here's what I, here's, here's what I love. All right? So I'm going to say everything to y'all that I want to say to my church that I can't because I'm going back to Coleman. <laughs> so if you got, it's Ben at cityhopechurch.com. If you got anything you don't like, I said Send it to him. All right, listen, so I think I really did just give your, okay, bad emails coming, baby. All right, and so, so listen, money is, I don't think people sitting in the congregation really understand the importance. Every conversation that we have at our church, I mean, everything, we have dreams and dreams and dreams, and so do your pastors. We dream so much. And every conversation we have to let the dreams come true, to move the kingdom and push back the gates of hell, always wrap around money. I don't think people understand how much it costs to run church. People, people that sit in the, they just, most people just don't understand how much it costs to do church, to move the gospel. And a lot of people are like, well, why would God do that? I mean, I can just share the gospel anytime I want to. Yeah, well, yeah, but the big picture is you can't do church the way church God desires. And the whole reason why God and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, wants money to move the gospel is because he's really after your heart. Yeah. It's really more about you. Right. And he's trying to teach you about faith. He's trying to take out all the selfishness in your heart because all of us have it. It's called sin. All right? That's why we die to the flesh and walk in the spirit. Right? And so here's what they say, 20%. They say 20% of the people inside church are usually the ones that keep the church running. Yeah. That means that 80% of you suckers in this room right here don't give. Coming to get you, coming to get you, spitting out lyrics. Homie, I'm with you. All right, listen. <laughs> She's not a saying house of pain in your church. I'm sorry. I'm going to Ireland next week. Listen, so I've got people looking at me mad right now. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. So here's the big picture. Y'all are like, who is this guy? We're going to get somewhere. 80%. That means I'm probably talking. Eight, and usually that's a good number. Usually it's 10 to 15% of the people inside church don't give. And so that means that the majority of people here, if, if we're just going by statistics, really don't give. And could you imagine if 100% of the people at City Hope Church, instead of just 10 to 20%, gave how much of the gates of hell we could push back? How much of the kingdom of God we can make bigger and better? I, it's, it's unbelievable the things that you can do. And so... I want to talk to you today. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Two things. I want to talk about why people give in the church, which is going to be very short of my message. And then I want to talk to you why people don't give in the church. All the, all the things I've heard. In 25 years of ministry, I've heard lots and lots of reasons why people don't give. And I'm just going to give you the ones that I've heard. All right? So, why do people give in a local church? Which, by the way, let me start off this way. The church, this is God's idea. What y'all do every Sunday, what we do every Sunday... It's God's idea. 
it's not Pastor Ben's, it's not mine, it's not somebody back in the 16th century like, hey, I think we should get a bunch of people together and start preaching and just, you know, take up offerings. This is something that happened in Acts chapter 2. This is something that happened when Pentecost happened and the church became alive. It's God's idea. It's the bride of Christ. It's the greatest way to reach the world. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And God knew that the only way that this church was ever going to move is if you use your gifts to, to do the things that God's called us to do for the church and to use your talents, but also to use your tithe, to use your gifts, your, your financial blessing. Amen. He knew that. But there's a lot of people give reasons why it's not true. All right, so let me just, let me just give you a reason why I believe that people give to the church. Um, a lot of people give because they believe it's God, God commands to give to the church and they're just being obedient. People believe it's God's desire that they give to the church, which I completely agree. I believe it's what God says and I'm going to do it. And so they do it. Another reason why people give is people give because they believe in the local church and what they do and it reaches the lost, it helps the needy, it feeds the hungry and moves the gospel across the globe. Yeah. All right? The local church is the hope of the world, in my opinion. Amen. Because we represent the hands and feet of Christ. When it's done right, yes. when it's done right, we should be the greatest place you could put your finances. Amen. All right? People give because they know that the place that they're giving spiritually, that they're getting spiritually fed and, and growing, and they understand that when people give, the church makes it. And there's no other way. So, um... Well, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to what I'm about to say. All right? Um, how about people give out of guilt? Like, they just, they give because I don't want people to think bad of me. You know, one thing that we don't do, and this is not a shot, I, 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 just us. This is the way we started. And I kind of wish we wouldn't have started this way. I wish we could go back and do what y'all do at times. But we don't really pass a bucket. All right? Because I know what people in the, in the belt buckle of the, the, of the Bible belt, it's, it's not, it's the prong of the belt buckle of the Bible belt where I live. There's six churches. If I had a good arm, I could hit them in my, where, I, where our church is. All right? Because none of them can get along and they all fight and split and split and split again. It's crazy. All right? And so, big picture is, is where I live, people think that all they want is my money. And so, we want to do everything possible to let people know like we're not after your money. So we, we put boxes at the very back and we just tell people, if you want to give, put your money in the back. But most people give it on our app or give online. And the one thing that drives me crazy is I have people come to me now. It's like, brother, you got to pass the bucket. You got to pass the bucket. You got to get that guilt offering. Like, I, I don't want to get people. I don't, want, I don't want anybody to give because they feel guilty. And Pastor, Pastor Ben don't want nobody to give because you feel guilty. That's crazy. We want you to give because you understand that, man, this is going to bless others. And this is going to bless me. And I'm a cheerful giver. I hope you don't do that. That was really weird. Listen, I'm glad I didn't have a mirror to see myself. I would have walked off stage. Listen, big picture is, is I don't want to pass the bucket for a guilt off. There's a lot of people probably in this room that when the bucket starts coming, you're like, oh, God, oh, God, what's people going to think? What do? Like, it just like you put some change in there or you make change, whatever you do. Big picture is, is you don't, you, you're hoping that nobody sees you. And it shouldn't be that way. So, so, uh, People, get, people just, they, they give because they just love to give. There's people in this room that's got the gift of giving. I mean, your favorite thing in the world is I just want to give, and I want to give, and I want to give. It's, a, it's a really a spiritual gift that a lot of people have. Um, people, think, people give because they really think that they'll get more, which is really, really bad theology. I'm going to give, 
And there is, there is a place when you give, it's a blessing. But a lot of people give because they think, if I give 100, bless God, I'm going to get 200. So here's my 100. I'm going to get 200. I'm going to give this because if I do, then I'm going to be rich. Holy cow, that's a bad thought process. And so that's a whole other message in and of itself. All right? So I want to talk to you more today about why don't people give to the local church. And I'm going to give you all the reasons that I've heard of why people don't give to the church. And I want to talk about each one of them. And I want to give you my thought process on it. And I want to get real and authentic with you today. All right? It'd be yeah, like, bless God. Somebody said, amen. We got a pastor that gets real. It says a lot about you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you. I love your pastor. I had people chewing me out outside after the last service. So. Hey, I love him. He's real. You're just killing him. I was like, I was just kidding. All right, so, so they give you the excuses and reasons why people don't give. Number one, this is the best one of all. Number one is this. Tithing is an Old Testament law. It's not part of the New Testament covenant, so bless God, I don't have to give. Anybody heard that before? All right, there's all the spiritual people that read their Bible. Listen, you know what? I completely agree with you. That's a whole other message. I mean, we could talk about that all day long. And it, it, it drives me crazy that a lot of times we mix certain areas of the Old Testament covenant with the New Covenant, which causes legalism. It's everything Paul preached against on a regular basis in the epistles, especially Galatians. But I, under, I understand what you're saying. So, so when I use and say, and probably when your pastor uses and says the word tithe, it's because people in our culture understand what that is when they hear it. And so... God never said to stop giving to his bride, which, by the way, this is his church. This is his idea. And he knows that the only way the church is going to function is when we, as the body, buy in. God knows the only way the church can function and do the things that God's called it to do is like reaching the poor, feeding the hungry, moving the gospel in the largest way possible is only when you do your part and you give. Your gifts, your talents, in your finances. That's it. So think about this. Think about it. Let's, let's just start with the kids' ministry today. Today, your babies gonna get them some goldfish. Not like real goldfish, that'd be some fishy breath, that'd be stinky. I'm talking about like cracker goldfish. They gonna color with crayons, crosses, and Jesus, and whatever they're doing. How do you think they pay for that? Because that 20% is covering it. The chair you sitting in, you, you think they like stole that from another church? Did you? <laughs> Listen. No. Somebody in, these, in this church paid for it. The, 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 the uh, things that y'all were handed when y'all came in. What do we call those? Bulletins. Oh, I'm sorry. We, that's back in 1984, Andy. Bless God. We don't call them bulletins. We call it worship guides. Listen. <laughs> the worship guide. That you got when you came in. 20% paid for it. The things that you're blessed with. The air conditioner. Your pastor. The incredible worshipers. The microphones they use. What would you say? Give me one. Oh, the coffee. You actually paid for that. But the big picture is. <laughs> somebody said, yeah, that's good coffee. I need to find out what y'all using. Everybody's screaming. That's the best amen I've got all day. Listen. The things that happen is because 20% believe. 
And when people believe, I, listen, I walked in and I saw, right when I walked in, I saw a number 673 with a pile of marbles beside it. I'm like, man, what, 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 what they doing out here? City Hope playing marbles and stuff. Like, I got checkers over here and chess and pick up sticks. Like, what are what they doing? But every one of those marbles represents somebody has been saved. So when that 20% gives, and it gives them a great place to come. So what I'm saying is, why don't the other 80% do it? Let's reach the rest of Wichita Falls. Like, I mean, there's so many more things that we can do if other people would buy in. Because as much as I hate to say it, and it's hard for people to understand, it takes finances to move the kingdom the right way. It's, it's huge. It's large. It's ginormous. So the tithe means a tenth. So we could talk about this principle forever and ever and ever. Which, by the way, side note, the law was, before the law was ever written, Abraham was given a tenth of, of his tithe to God. We, we don't live by the Mosaic Covenant, but we live by the Abrahamic Covenant more than we live by the Mosaic Covenant because he was doing it all by faith, which is the same way we give our life to Christ and everything else. We do it by faith. So if he was going to tithe before the Mosaic Law ever happened, then why wouldn't God ask us to do something like that? Here's what I need you to understand. The tithe is where we start. Tithing actually is not generosity, it's expectation. Generosity is when you go above that. It's a big deal. Hey, by the way, for all the people in the room that has that thought process of, it's just an Old Testament law. And so, bless God, I'll just give wherever I want to give. I'll, I'll give, I like whenever I feel the need, I'll give. Which, by the way, side note, because I can't say this at our church and I can say it to yours because I'm going back tomorrow. If we were to take your tax records at the end of the year to say how much people really give, I think everybody in this room would be blown away because most of us are lying about that. Okay, let me move forward. All right, listen. <laughs> if everybody thought like you, for those that say, I don't have to give to the church, everybody in this, there would be no city hope. There would be no church. There, would be, there wouldn't be a place that people could come in and have an incredible, excellent experience like y'all are having and giving their life to Jesus Christ. There'd be nobody in the, in the nurseries back there. It wouldn't be a seat for you to sit in because nobody's giving and it costs money to do this. And I need you to, well, I'm going to get there in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Listen, it's a big deal. When you read the epistles in the New Testament that Paul wrote, those are letters that Paul wrote to the churches. Ephesians is the church of Ephesus. Colossians is the church of Colossae. Corinthians is the church of Corinth. Galatians, Galatians is the church of Galatia. You get my drift. He often wrote about giving as a church in several of his letters. Why? Because it's what we do. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 1 and 2. They don't have the time up. I hope I'm okay. Y'all going to be here all day. <laughs> hope y'all ain't hungry, bless God. Listen. 2 Corinthians 9, 1 and 2. He says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. Why don't you have to write about it? Why don't you have to push them? Why don't you have to get on them? Because I know how eager you are to help. Amen. They were eager. They were fired up. Like I get to bless somebody. So what they do? They gave. We're going to be a blessing. He says, and I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece, I've been bragging on you. We're ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm. They were excited about it. There wasn't no guilt offering. 
They were excited about it. It stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving too. So it became contagious. Generosity is contagious. Because God wired you to only be satisfied when you give your life away. You hear me? God wired you to only be satisfied when you give your life away. And your finances are part of your life. So, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11 goes on to say this. Says, Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the, the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. In other words, if only 20% give to City Hope, then we'll get a 20% crop, which is a small crop. If 100% gave to City Hope, we'd have a 100% crop. In other words, we'd have a large crop. I don't know if that makes any sense. I hope it does. But it can go individual too. It can go well, by yourself. You can, you can read this a thousand different ways. Well, maybe just two. All right, listen. It says you must each. You're an each. I'm an each. We're all an each. You're an each. We must each decide in our heart how much to give. Hello? There's somebody. Jesus is calling. Tenderly calling. Jesus is calling. Anyway. It's all the old people that went to hymns. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. When the bucket goes in front of you, don't give because, of, oh, what's everybody thinking about me? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Give my money. <laughs> so happy. Which I know that sounds cheesy to some of y'all. And it would look cheesy if you're like, I'm so happy. And it, but there's, a, there's something inside of you. That excites you because I'm giving my life away. And I made my, I made my life, I made my money, I made my gifts, I made it count. I've got purpose. Amen. And I'm part of a bigger purpose because we together are doing this. Yes. So, it says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over. Because God trusts you with it. Because you're going to give it to share with it. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> He's like, man, <laughs> the little man on the front. I like that shirt. Listen. It says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So don't just stay here. Last for eternity. It'll be remembered forever because you're going to buy your finances. going to send people to heaven. And you won't even know it till you get there. Right. I know that sounds crazy to some of you, but I'm telling you, your finances goes into watching 673 people get saved in a year. Yes. You're part of it. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way. He'll provide and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. They won't thank you personally because they won't know you gave it, but they'll thank God. And their lives will be radically changed. Ouch, that hurt. Listen, big picture is, is God's going to use what you give big deal you don't give to give but you get to give god blesses us with more to give more so point number two pastor this is what this is point number this is the this is fun pastor preaches on money so that he can be wealthy he just wants the money yeah it's a it's amazing to me um, I've, been, I've been doing church forever, and I get to hear what other people say. And y'all say all this stuff at your cracker barrel. I'll say y'all. I don't know if it's y'all. 
probably is. So, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I really. So, it, it, sitting around your dinner tables, sitting around Cracker Barrel with your friends at the church. How much do you think that pastor gets paid? I bet he's six digits. I, I, I wonder. You see what he drives? I bet he lives in a gated community. Y'all got gated communities right here? I know you live somewhere out here like that. Listen. The big picture is, is like, bless God. All them pastors want money. Just get wealthy off the people. Like, oh my gosh. Are you kidding? Like, it's a, like could you imagine me sitting around wanting to find out what you make? How much do you think that banker gets made? I bet he gets paid six digits. And he don't tie the lick. You know he don't. That is preacher talk right there. <laughs> no, just kidding. We talked about y'all last night. I'm just kidding. We didn't. Listen. It, it, it's, it's crazy how many people. Can I be honest with you? I don't care what you. I don't care what people get paid. Hey, you can get paid half a million dollars. It ain't enough. Have you ever tried to deal with people like you? I'm just kidding. Ha! The last service laughed a lot harder than this one. That sounded mean. Okay, that was a joke. I will say that a lot of churches, not City Hope, y'all are the greatest people ever. I tell people all the time that middle school, outside of middle school students, church people are the meanest people on earth, baby. So, okay, I'm moving on from that one too. That went over like a, lead, like a pregnant pole vaulter right there. Whoop. Uh, um, so I get to, like, I get to read things. Y'all like that? I just offended all the prayers. I've got I've offended so many people. Your, your email's blowing up tomorrow. Listen, so, so I, 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 I hear stuff about me all the time. Like, who I am. Like, people that don't even know me. Like, I'm a cult leader. Uh, they drink the Kool-Aid. Like, um, he's all about money. So I got, I got, a, I got, one, I got one text. I want to read to y'all that somebody sent me. I thought this was awesome. And this happens. This is just one of many that I get to hear. So there's a girl that worked at our church. Um, she was on staff. And she's single. And she was, she was talking to another guy. And he had no clue uh, that she worked on our staff. And he said, she says, like, 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 why don't you like D.C.? He said, a few reasons. Flimsy Christian doctrine, not teaching the fullness of the gospel. A staff motivated by money. If your full-time job is working for a church, then your only motivation is by money. Desperation Church, Daystar, that was his old church. Highlands, all of them. She goes, that's interesting. They're only concerned about getting in people's pocketbooks in the door and not about salvation of souls. I wasted my time going there and I wouldn't go back unless I was paid. She said, I guess this is a bad time to tell you I work for Desperation Church. <laughs> Needless to say, she never went out with that dude. But that dude don't even go to church. I mean, he did, but I'll be, I know him. He's a hellraiser. And I'll be honest with you, though, if he came to church knowing the things he said to me, and I guarantee you Pastor Ben and Pastor Annalise would be the same way, I would love them. Hug them. It's just, it's not true. We're not, 1% of pastors kill the rest of us. A lot of y'all been watching televangelists. Now, I, am, I have been praying for Pastor Ben about, he's he been telling me, been praying for him to get a plane to even fly across the nation and spread the gospel. And I've been asking the Lord to, Lord, set him free. I'm just kidding. Um, actually, I'm not. Okay. Listen, um, but it's not true. That's what I, it's like, like, seriously, like, my life personally, I, I um, this, just Andy, all right? 
I, I don't know them as well to tell you what all they do. I do know something I'll tell you in a minute. But like me, like people, like, so I told my church, like, okay, I won't tell you. Because everybody wants to know what the pastor, what he drives, where he lives, all this kind of stuff. So I drive a 2013 Volvo. Got 181,000 miles on it. I spent about 4,000 extra dollars on the car because it breaks down all the time, all right? And so, I, I mean, I, and I've, I've, got a, I've got a check engine light on it right now. i got to get a, a, like a $1,600, like, catalytic converter. $1,600, is it made of gold? Are you kidding me? Like, dear Lord Jesus. And so, but the thing about it is, is like, that's what I drive. Y'all want to know? A lot of people are like, oh, you know, he, I guarantee you a house right there. A lot of money. Okay, we built a house in 2019. We built a Bartominium. We actually just sold it. Moved into a neighborhood, downsized, paid it off with the money we made on the house so that we can try to give more. Not trying to say that bragging, but that's what we do. That's the same thing that your pastors are doing too. I'm probably not supposed to tell you that. I told the last service, so he knows I'm going to tell you this, but they're downsized. Or not downsized. They're, they're getting less so they can give more. Your pastors are moving because they got that heart. That's the majority of pastors. I'm telling you, that's, that's their goal. Right, look at that. Look, he got them. Lulu lemons on. You know what them things cost? Them things $130. Like, dude, I turned 50 two years ago. I know Olive Olay works wonders. I know I look young. All right? All right. Um, Rodan and Fields. Um, and so the, uh, and honestly, they're getting too small for me because my belly's pushing it out. I'm going to put somebody's eye out with a button off the front. Like a busted can of biscuits when I take my shirt off. Listen, so, but it's, Y'all never heard that? I got to come out here and do more of my little jokes. Um, I look like a Smurf house. Woo. Anyway, listen, so I, uh, I, I, had, I turned 50. I got some money, and I, I needed some pants. And so I went and bought four pair of pants, and I wear them all the time. They got a lifetime warranty on them. I've already taken two back because I wear them jokers out. And so, and I wear the zippers out because I'm up here like, woo, like when I'm preaching. But the big picture is, is that's why I do it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be smart. And I love them. I get made fun of in Coleman because everybody wears like overalls. Look, he got his skinny jeans on. Like, that's a skinny jean pastor. Like, there's, all, there's a lot worse things than that. Big picture is, is I, it's like pastors ain't out for your money. They want to build the kingdom and they know it takes finances to do it. Every meeting we have in, in, our, in our league team meetings, I'm telling you, always boils around, can we do it? Do it because we do we have enough money? And there's, there's people in this room I'm going to say this because I'm going back. <laughs> He's scared to death right now. There's people in this room that needs to give him permission that whenever there's something that comes up that needs finances, that he has the permission to come to you and just ask. Because it's really, 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 really hard for pastors to do that. You need to give him permission. And if you don't have it, then just say, I don't have it. And don't be mad because you've got to understand that it's, a, it's, it's really a big deal. You like it? Okay, I hope I helped you. Anyway, listen, and it's the truth. I'm, I'm saying that because I am one. All right, listen, so I got it on, and I think it's wrong, but I'm going I'm to keep going. How about this? They just want money to build buildings. Yes. Amen. <laughs> People say this. You don't need a building to share the gospel. And, and listen, I agree. But to reach more people in our culture, in Wichita Falls, you can't have church under a big oak tree in Wichita Falls and think people are going to come. That's right. 
I mean, you got to have a place for people. And this place is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they want air conditioning. I'm with you. And heat, look at how cold. Y'all don't get cold out here, do you? Yeah, come on, girl. Listen, y'all have already outgrown this place. Listen, so we just built a building. 12 years. We, we, we saved up for 12 years. We just built a building in, in Coleman. Our numbers have, have doubled, almost tripled because of a building. Our kids have grown over 100%. Our salvations have doubled. Our baptisms have doubled. It's, and honestly, it started when we built the building. And I want you to hear me. Listen to me. This is me saying this, and I believe this with everything that I am. And some of y'all are going to hate this because you want to just, I want to leave it like it is. I don't want to grow anymore. I like it like it is. Us for no more holy huddles. You know what people say when they say a holy huddle? Your booty. That's it. They want to see your face. They want to see how smiling you look because you're all in there together. You're just by yourself and won't let nobody else in. Nobody can get in. But we want to reach as many as we can. We want people to experience the same thing you've experienced. We want people's lives changed like your life been changed. I really believe that City Hope, believe this with everything that I am, when y'all, when y'all build a building, and it will happen, it will have to happen, y'all will run over 5,000 people easy in this place. I, some of y'all are like, I don't want to run violent. Like, why not? Well, we want to make heaven bigger. And City Hope. And do more. I'm, listen, he, they're, they got dreams. I rode around with them last night looking at all kinds of stuff that they're dreaming of. And I know it's coming. I should, probably shouldn't tell them this, but it's coming. There's, you're, y'all will have to build one day. And I, I'm telling you, you got to trust. It's hard. Building, building campaigns or trying to raise money for buildings is one of the hardest things pastors do because you don't want it to get old because you have to ask for money. And then, then you hear from people and go like, oh, they, now they're building a building. All they talk about is money. All they ever talk about is money. Well, you got to. Right. Oh, Walmart talks about money and you still go there. <laughs> McDonald's. All they want is your money. Right. Why you go there? Listen, so buildings are important. It's ginormous. Here's the big picture. Here's the problem. The reason why most people don't give because it's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty. The reason why most people don't give to the church is a heart problem. There, there are, I, I made this mistake one time. Um, and I did it once. Twelve years, I did this once. And I, I, I know he doesn't because we've talked about it. I don't, I don't check people's tithe records. Now, there's a lot of churches that do, and then they'll, Kick you out. We don't do that. We're just glad you're here. But I checked one time about certain people who were leaders at our church. When I say leaders, I'm talking about people using their gifts, standing at the front door, being in the parking lot, people that are fired up, people here every Sunday, like, woo! People we know that can give. You know what? It hurt me. And that's why I never looked at how many people that I thought believed in our church and said they bought in didn't, didn't give. It was a ton. And I would step out and think, like there's great possibility there are people in this room. He's not checking, so don't freak out. He's not checking your stuff, I promise you. That probably don't give. And I think the question would be is, why not? Why wouldn't you? Um, you know, if... 
If you think that pastors, if you think that pastors are all about money, they just want my money, and you think that about Pastor Ben, why in the world are you coming here? Who would come to a place where you all you do is think that Pastor Ben is doing this for my money, but you keep coming? That don't make sense. As a matter of fact, don't mean anything to you, but he'd be the scum of the earth if that's what he if that was really his heart. But I know him, and it's not. That's that's terrible. There, there, are there pastors out there that probably do? Yeah, there probably are, and they're probably so blind to their bad motivation that they don't even realize it. The thing about it is, is that's that's horrible. And if you don't trust, if you don't trust this church with your finances, then how in the world are you going to trust them with your spiritual life? Huh? Is this where you get spiritually fed? This is where you get spiritually fed. If this is where you get spiritually fed, then are you giving back to where you're growing in your walk with God? They took me to a fantastic place to eat last night. We went to Wellborns. Woo! Man, that steak was good. They gave us, like, our little appetizer was like an egg roll with cat food in it. That's what it looked like. It was like meow mix right there in that egg roll. And it was delicious. It was good. It really was like the best cat cat food I ever had, all right? But the big picture is this. is like, could you imagine if I went there and ate that incredible meal last night? Man, wiped my hands, threw my napkin down, rubbed my belly because it was good. Put my silverware down and just walked out. That'd be robbery. I'm stealing. It'd be wrong. It's amazing how many people every single week do the exact same thing with church. They come in here, good message. Lives are radically moved. They throw down their spiritual napkins, their spiritual silverware, rub their belly, and they walk out. And they leave the church hanging when, it, when you could give more. There's people in this room that say, I, I can't give because I don't have enough money to give. I don't have enough. I would say, start somewhere. Because, listen, poverty's a mindset. There are people who are million, millionaires who are in poverty because it's a mindset. And what I would say is I guarantee you they got things here for finances to help people with their finances to get it where it needs to be. But I would say start with a dollar. That might be cheesy to some of y'all. But you got to start somewhere. Start start with $10. Start with 50 cents. Trust God. Watch what I've heard story after story after story after story. And you have too. And a lot of y'all have too about when they they didn't have anything. I didn't have any money. And all I had was my tithe, and I wanted to give first, so I gave to God. And the next day, I went out of my mailbox, and holy cow, there's a $500 check in there that I didn't know was coming. I mean, how many, I mean, y'all heard that? Anybody heard that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It, it's, it's crazy how God will always provide. I tell our church on a regular basis, trust God, give, and if you go broke, and you can't eat, and you can't put a roof over, you come back, we'll give every bit of it back to you. But I trust God that he's going to do it. So here's the deal. I got ahead of myself. Your money is not yours. It's God's. All of it. 
When you think your money is yours, you live with your hands closed and live stingy. But when you know your money is God, you live with your hands open. This is God's money. Some of y'all think, like, hey, God, like, I, I work for this. I work my tail off for this money. Okay. Who gave you the strength and the ability to work? Who gives you the breath to breathe to be able to go to work every single day? Who gives you the energy? Who gives you the things that you need to work? That'd be God. So everything that you have is His. So why not bless His church, which is His idea? This is His, this is his idea. And it functions when the people run it. And you have a leader that's got a heart and a vision. And part of that running is finances. So, Matthew 6, 21 says, Wherever your treasure is, there's the desires of your heart will be also. Giving is about the heart. Guess what? God is after your money. God's after your money. You know why? Because he's after your heart. Your wallet, your purse is attached to your heart. Every bit of it. Does God need your money? Hey, you know what, bless God, I hope we can get some of that money from City Hope to get these gold streets cleaned up up here. He don't need your money. He created giving for your sake to work out selfishness and greed out of your life and honestly to build your faith. Anytime there's resistance and you try to make excuses or talk yourself out of something, it's more than likely means something's wrong with your heart. I don't have to forgive them. You don't know what they did. You don't don't have a clue what they did to me. I ain't going to forgive them. I don't need to raise my hands and worship in church. I don't have to do that. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to go to a church building to do church. I don't have to give to the church. There's always a war inside. If you justify stuff on a regular basis, something's wrong. If you're justifying why you don't have to do something, there's a selfishness inside of you that's what God's trying to strip out. I personally believe that if a church is doing things right, it's the greatest place you could ever invest your money physically and eternally. Ever. I'll be honest with you. I don't have time. I've got a whole legacy report that y'all do at y'all's church. And I don't have time. And so, one of y'all said, yeah, one of you said no. You mean to do it? I'm going to read it real quick. I sound like an auctioneer, but listen quick. Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, the buffet, the Baptists are getting there. Listen, so. Listen bunch of Pentecostals you had 600 since January 1st October 15 2023 you've had 673 documented salvations 483 documented recommitments 481 next steps box given out 923 next steps in growth track 271 new members 242 baptisms 1,038 first-time guest cards filled out 1,629 in average Sunday attendance you know why that's happening because of you because people believe, people have bought in, people are using their gifts, talents, and their finances. It's not all on a lease and being, they are fantastic leaders, but you've bought in. It would not be a great culture if there was nobody at the front door, nobody talking to you, nobody doing the things that y'all do. It'd be terrible culture. So what y'all are doing matters. Internationally, Illumination Bible Translate. We're working with a cohort of 11 Bible Translate to ensure that all people have access to God's Word by 2033. 3,547 languages are still in need of a translation. Y'all work with Vapor Ministries that are in Africa. It's a sports ministry. 
there are 864,975 gospel impressions made. 56,632,901 cups of clean drinking water. 1,848,146 meals served. 425,978 health services provided. You do that. Convoy of Hope. We've had, we've helped having boots on the ground, giving hope in some of the most devastating, catastrophic, including the war in Ukraine, Maui wildfires, Hurricane Idalia, Morocco earthquakes. And I guarantee you they're in Israel right now because I know that group and they're fantastic. You're giving to an incredible group. So every time you give, you help Cuba. They're in pro proclaim Cuba is the name of the ministry. 19,857 lives changed, 3,049 believers discipled. 10,898 believers trained to serve. 3,234 families supported financially. 75 churches, homes supported with clean drinking water filters. Medical missions in Cuba. You got eight medical missions were carried out from January to June where our doctors cared for the sick using the temple of the churches there. And in the mountains, house by house, reaching 2,272 patients. They went to a place that's not even Jesus-focused and used their place. Yes? So, I'm not going to give you the rest because we got to go. You got African Family Rescue, which helps widows. You got Children's Cup in Mexico. You got National. You help with Ark Church Planting. You helped launch uh, 40 churches just this year, and you've helped launch 1,097 churches, period. Willie George Ministries helped pastors rest and recharge. You got local places, serve day projects. Your total serve projects to date is 155. Total volunteers to date, 602. Total serve to date is 13,604 in Wichita Falls. Hot meals to date is 8,500. Total teacher practices to date is 2,100. You work with Faith Mission, House of Mercy, Hope Center, the Center, Christ Counselor. So your money is going to where it needs to go to reach people. Huh. I'm tired. I got, I got indigestion now. I'm talking too fast. Heartburn. Okay, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for the people in this room. God, this is such a phenomenal church because people believe in the vision of this church, but they believe in the kingdom of God the most. God, there are people here that struggle. And God, I pray you'd help them. And God, we're going to trust you with them. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Andy, I've never given my life to Jesus, man. I'm far from God. Andy, I want a relationship with God. Andy, would you tell me how to have a relationship with God? Listen, it would be an honor to introduce you to Jesus. I would love to tell you about Jesus and how to have a relationship with him. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. But if you're here today and you want a relationship with God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is just put your hand up and put it right back down, all right? I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is just put your hand up and put it right back down if you want a relationship with God. All right, here we go. You ready? One, two, three. Go. Put your hands up. Put it right back. There's hands all over the place. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen. For those that threw their hands up, the Bible says this in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth, to believe in your heart that he's raised again on the third day. And the Bible says, and you will be saved. Confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth. I believe the greatest way to start a relationship with anybody is through conversation. And so why don't we have a conversation with God? Jesus died on the cross so that you have a conversation with the Father, so you can have a relationship with the Father. Yes, 100% he died for our sin, but our sin is what blocked us from having a relationship with God. And so now, because of Jesus, you can have conversation with God for the first time. So here's the deal. You can have your own conversation. You can repeat after me. It's not a conversation that saves you. Don't put your trust in a conversation. Put your trust in the person of the conversation. Talk to Jesus. If you have to picture him sitting beside you or standing in front of you, whatever it takes, have conversation with him right now. Say, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. 
I turn from my sin. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were buried. I believe you rose from the grave. And I believe that today, that you are alive and you are well with my best interest out. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you're here today and you just had that conversation,